This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio. Thank you so much for listening. With producer Liz Gill, I am Jay White. On today's show, we'll speak with uh, Mississippi High School Activities Association's Robert Holloway, the Assistant Director uh, of Athletics. They're looking for officials for high school sporting events. And uh, later on the show, we're going to talk with uh, Dr. Jimmy Stewart from Southern Remedy, uh, Wednesdays at 11, right here on MPB Think Radio, about getting your kids ready for sports and physicals and all of that kind of stuff and uh, the telltale signs on what to look for uh, you know, if your kid needs to be seen, because, you know, a lot of times they want to play or compete in the activities and maybe they'll cover up what's really happening just so they can keep in the game uh, or the activity. And um, he'll uh, give us some tips on on what to look for and uh, what to do if you see some of those signs. But with us right now, uh, as mentioned, we have Robert Holloway with the Mississippi High School Activities Association. Big day for you guys. The high school football season is upon us. It starts proper uh, tonight and then um, a full load of games tomorrow. But school is is coming back in over these last couple of weeks and this week, depending on what you know when each school district starts. And so more than football, there's a lot of stuff it's not just it's not Mississippi High School Athletics Association. It's activities. So you guys got a whole bunch of things that you have your hands in right now. That is correct. And you're right. It is it is busy as ever uh, with the activities with softball. We've got softball, volleyball yeah. and football going on now. So it's it's totally in, engrossed. Again. Yeah, the softball always takes me by surprise, you know, because you think of that as maybe like a spring sport. But um, let me ask you about that. Um and I don't know if you have any involvement in this, but where you have to put the schedules of certain sports. I know a lot like baseball fans, I mean, February is way too early for baseball, but you got to get everything in like right before the school year proper is over. Right. That's correct. And and we're dealing we're only one of two states that have slow pitch softball. Yeah. So and we're still that's what we have in the fall. And. Mm-hmm. and more and more schools are playing less and less slow pitch softball and gotcha. more going to volleyball. So we're looking at somewhere in the future that maybe it won't even be a sport somewhere down the line. But uh, we don't know that right yeah. at this point. So w- w- the main reason we have you in here today is because, and I, I saw some tweets on uh, the MHSAA social media this morning about the shortage of officials. Um, and specifically, I know a couple of years there's been a push for football officials. Tell me a little bit about that. So what what's happening, and it's all over the nation, not just Mississippi. Right. Yeah. That the that the official shortage is happening, and I was at the National Association of Sports Officials Summit uh, two weeks ago in New Orleans, and the underlying theme was uh, an official goes in three years they'll start, and in three years they're gone. Yeah. And the number one reason was actually sportsmanship uh, that's shown toward them. I can imagine. So, and it's quite honestly, Jay, it's getting worse mm-hmm. with, with fan approval or disapproval of, of sports officials. So what can you do to try to combat that? I know you want to get new officials. You want to encourage people to come out. Um, and I don't think people... 
I don't think the, the average person who is a sports fan or a football fan per se realizes how accessible becoming an official is. It's not it's not some pie in the sky thing. You can you can get there oh, quite quickly. easily. Yeah. yeah, quite easily. Our eighteen years old mm-hmm. uh, and no criminal record, no felonies. Uh, we've got a online which you just go to com slash officials and do an application and I'll get back in touch with you. Yeah. I need to find out exactly where you are because the pockets are we are in good shape in some areas of the state with officials in some areas that we really need them. Yeah. So uh, and we take all that into account. But becoming an official is quite easily if you've been involved in the game and just want to get back to the community or be around a sport that you love. It's not very hard to get into. And I want to mention you you mentioned 18 years old specifically the younger you are, so let's say you played football for a long time and you were just getting out of the sport, but you you want to you want to keep being a part of the game. You still have that in your blood, and you're still uh, you know young and athletic. Not saying that older people can't, mm-hmm. but that's a way to keep yourself in the game. Oh, here's one of our recruiting tools that we're starting this year. Uh, we're asking each high school to nominate two individuals from their school that they think would be good officials. Oh, wow. And we waive their officiating fee for the first year. Whoa. Okay. We're also asking each uh, association some older official to ment- mentor that person and, and give them back with a jersey or something. So we're just trying to make sure we have an avenue for them to come into the officiating arena yeah. and see whether they like it or not. So that's one of the big pushes that we've got going on this year. So it is the start of football season. Let me ask you about how you put together – crews, football. It's, it's, there's a lot of officials for a football game. Uh, and I would think, though I don't know for sure, it's not like baseball where you can change the number of guys depending on what you need and where the game is and stuff like that. Uh, you you kind of have a set number of officials you need because they all have specific things that they got to right. watch and take care of during the course of a game. And on any given Friday night, I mean, how many schools are there? There's more wow. than 300, right? Yeah, There's something like yeah. that. So high schools now we've got 257, I believe. Okay, yeah. But, but it it is a, a huge <laughs> task, and we've got we've got 10 associations, yeah, who cover all the states, and we've got local assigners who who does the assigning on a weekly basis. Yeah. At the association at the MHSAA, we take over the assigning part of it when the playoffs start. But during the regular season, we allow the each assigner to assign games. And they've got two ways they do it. Some of them have crews, like you just said, and that crew will stay together for 10 weeks. Yeah. Some others mix crews up every week, so you might be working with a different person each week. Gotcha. So that's a, it's just strictly well, according imagine. to the association. I mean, you're talking about having 100 plus games. Yes. Every weekend, I mean, you're talking about 400, 500 guys, men and women, that's by the correct. way. That's and correct. Uh, it, I mean, is that something that, that, you, you've tried to emphasize more that it, it does not. It, it does not does have not to be matter. men, and we've been encouraging women to get in it even more. Yeah, um, I mean the first professional, first yeah, NFL women, women, uh, woman, female official from Mississippi. Yeah, Sarah Thomas, who does a great job. Yeah, she's actually one of uh, our evaluators. We send her out now to just go out and evaluate ball games for. Wow. Her. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. So. 
okay, let me ask you this. If I am a guy that loves football but thinks, oh, man, that rule book is thick and there's no way that I can remember all of that stuff and uh, I'm awesome at telling them how to do their job from over here, but if I'm the guy on the field having to do the job, meh, no thanks. How do you, how do you deal with Jay, that? I've been officiating over 20 <laughs> years and I don't know the rule book. Right. So <laughs> that person that's getting in, what we try to do at this point, if you're young, and certainly you'll start out with the younger, what you start out with the junior high programs, mm-hmm. and, and we give you an opportunity to be with a uh, an elder official, somebody that's been in the game a long time, who can coach you along the way. We don't ask you to know every rule. None of us know every rule. Yeah, we, you know, you get the basics, and we want to we want to teach you the basics of the game, and the the philosophies of why we call and why we don't call a play. You can have a, a flag on every play, but we're talking about advantages and disadvantages, why you call the advantage and why you don't call the disadvantages and, and those type things. And we just continue to give you games uh, of the lower magnitude, and then you start getting the experience, and you just actually start learning what it is and should not call. Yeah. So how do you – I know the, the, sometimes the association gets hit with stuff at the last minute. Like I know there's been a um, – literally, like in the last week, a merging of a couple of schools – it's uh, Kennedy out of Mount Bayou, and there's another one. I can't remember which one it is. That's, that's tough. And so they they have a new school. So all of a sudden, you got to cancel out with a couple of schedules. You're merging a team together. you got to figure out how that fits. So what we did with that, when you're talking about <laughs> Kennedy and uh, Broad Street, Shelby we just, Broad took, Street, we just yeah. took Broad Street's schedule, left it like it was. And, and unfortunately for those that were playing Kennedy, they've got to find a game. Yeah. But – because this thing has been going on so long, some of those schools had already replaced them, mm-hmm. thinking that this might happen, and finally it does happen, and here, here's where we are. Right. Um, how much how much uh, riffraff do you have to deal with from the schools on any given week as, you know, a, kind of a leader of the officials and stuff like that? How, how, much, how much red tape on a weekly basis do you have to weed through? Or can you even talk about oh, something yeah. like and, that? And, and it's every day. Yeah. Uh, there's no calls coming in and said, hey, that crew had a great game tonight. Really? We don't have that. I mean, we might get that occasionally. Yeah. But every weekend. Man, talk about a thankless job. Oh, you start at 7 o'clock and the first whistle that blows, <laughs> you get an email or you get a call about. And, like, I, I can't be at South Panola tonight, but they think I can go out there and stop a game and tell the <laughs> fisher they just did something wrong. So, <laughs> so you said that the this the sportsmanship is a thing that is trending worse, not better, as an association. I, I know you. If 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 worse comes to worse, you have things that you can do um, to punish the school or the athletic department, right? And, and fines and probation and things like that. But generally speaking, to try to turn the whole thing in a better direction. And I know, I mean, some of this is that there's more and more money involved, and so people are more and more invested. And so, I mean, I, I understand. I get, I get where they're coming from. Um, but how do you encourage your, your admission uh, as a whole to, to move in a better direction? Here's another thing that we've done. Um, in soccer, they give a yellow card, which is – when a player gets a yellow card, they're out of the game. We've made up a yellow card for administrators to hand the fan when they just wow. uh, are acting unruly. And give them the, they don't have to say a word if they don't want to. Give them the yellow card. They read the yellow card, say, let the players play, coaches coach, 
and fans be positive. If you can't do that, then you might have to be removed from this game. We just give that to them. Yeah. And if it if it de-escalates the situation, they stay in. If it gets to another situation, then they get security and get them on out of the game. So we're just we're just trying to be proactive in what we're trying to do to stop some of the the uh, unsportsmanship that's happening all over the place. So, and I, 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 I feel like I'm correct in saying this. I want to emphasize that it's very few people yes. that do the overwhelming Always. majority yes. of that. Yes. It makes it seem very worse few. than it actually is. That, exactly. You are exa- absolutely correct in that. Yeah. So for, for folks who've heard this and think maybe this is something I want to do, again, how do they get in touch with you and how do they get kind of started in the process? Quite easily. If they go to our website and, and the very first – on the very first page, we got a say yes to officiating page. Mm-hmm. They click on that icon and then uh, do the application. It comes directly to me. Mm-hmm. And then I, in turn, get back in contact with them and tell them what the next steps are to officiating. Really easy. Uh, at this point, football might be hard for you to get into because the season has started. Yeah. Uh, the, the the other seasons, the basketballs, the baseballs, the fast pitch softball, those are wide open. Yeah, you can easily get into those. Uh, but some of the some of the assigners have closed registration as far as football is concerned at this point. I got gotcha. you, uh, Robert Holloway, uh, Assistant Director of Athletics with the Mississippi High School Activities Association. Thank you so much for your time this morning, and uh, good luck tonight, and then tomorrow night with the start of football season and, and Saturday. <laughs> that, that's true. Through Saturday, man, it's it's become such a such a huge deal. We got games on Saturday now, but appreciate your time this Thank morning. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll uh, hear from. Dr. Jimmy Stewart, the host of Southern Remedy, Wednesdays at 11 right here on MPB Think Radio. He'll be talking with us about uh, uh, whether or not your kids uh, need to be uh, seeing the doctor for physicals and things like that, what signs to look for, and uh, much more. It's uh, coming up after this break. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio. I'm Jay White here with producer Liz Gill. And this morning we have on with us the host of Southern Remedy on Wednesdays, 11 o'clock right here on Think Radio, Dr. Jimmy Stewart. Dr. Jimmy, welcome in. Good morning, Jay. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Good to talk to you. We're into the school year. And so, uh, you know, Season Pass is a a sports and recreation show and you are a doctor. So naturally, we're going to ask you about uh, your kids and getting back into school and, and participating 
participating in sports and things like that. So uh, if kids haven't had a sports physical, uh, they're usually required to do that. What goes into that? Why is that? So the reason for that is, you know, if you can, uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? So uh, the best thing to sort of explain why you need a... That's uh, a million bucks right there. (laughs) Whatever we pay you, it's not enough. That's right. So... um, um, the the sports physical is designed to pick up on some things that are going to potentially harm that student during the, the sports participation. And it's not just on the field, whatever their sport is. It's also going to be in the preparation for that sport uh, in their in their training. So a lot of the things uh, really just taking a good history and seeing if there's any family uh, things in their family history to pick up on because they may have a couple of relatives that unfortunately had a cardiac arrest in their 20s or 30s, well, we need to know about that and maybe do some further testing. So that's the first thing. For 90 plus percent of these kids, they're going to go through the physical, they're going to ask some questions and do a physical exam, and they're going to be fine to participate. But if you do pick up on something that may need some further test, you don't typically have to do any blood work or any other test to get the sports physical. And it's going to be a little bit different than what they would normally do for their yearly physical. Mm -hmm. A lot of physicians will, you know, if you've got a regular doctor, uh, just take them in like you normally would. This is a good time to take them in. Uh, We're a little bit behind for some sports, but, you know, if if they're not playing sports that just started, uh, you can go ahead and take them in for their annual physical and mention that you want them checked out for sports participation. Interesting. Generally speaking, where where all I mean, you said go to your regular doctor. Mm-hmm. Are there any other places that you could take them? Or yeah, most most physicians' offices that see kids and teens, they will um, they will be able to provide that service for you. There are a lot of sports fairs and a lot of the sports medicine groups uh, around uh, your you know locally are going to provide that. It, whether that's an individual person in your small town or whether it's larger groups. I know here in the Jackson metropolitan area, there's three or four different groups. UMC does it. Um, uh, Mississippi Sports Medicine. Medicine does a couple. And those are ones where you can get everything that you need to be done on, say, like a Saturday morning. They'll have a couple of those if you just, uh, you know, look for them in the news uh, or call those groups and say, hey, do you have anything coming up? And those are totally free. Mm-hmm. Um, you do have to have, don't just drop your kid off and say, hey, I'll pick you back <laughs> up in an hour. You do have to, you know, sign some things. Uh, but they, they typically go pretty quick. And Saturday, Saturday morning mm-hmm. free clinics are a thing that I know over the last couple of years have really started to yeah. explode around the area. And yeah. I know that has to do with something with, you know, Friday night football. So are yeah. those things, yeah. it, so there's, it, it's worth it. Oh, right? definitely worth it. So so the, one of the best things that we've had locally uh, around Jackson is the Saturday morning clinics where you can go in if you had a problem the night before. You know, a kid playing football, they're not going to tell you what's going on. Sometimes it's the next morning. They're like, hey, I can't walk. <laughs> um, then that's the time to take them in. You know, you don't want to wait through the whole week weekend, uh, you know, concussion and other head injuries sometimes are a concern, too. So if if they were doing fine that night, but the next morning they're not doing fine, those are great. They're typically free. You're right. They can tell you where you need to go, and you can get a referral really quick uh, through those clinics. Um, yeah. So that's that's something to think about and uh, make sure you know where to go. So you're the perfect guy to ask this also, because you're a doctor, but you're also the dad of a high school athlete. Very much so. Uh, so as parents where how much do you pay attention to how much do you filter out where do you draw the line on uh, the things that your kids are telling you about how they feel versus what you see 
or what you think may be happening? Uh, that, that's a riddle, <laughs> even for a physician. Uh, I ask a lot of questions. You know, knowing your child and knowing what's bad. A good example, my ninth grader came in who plays football limping last night. Mm-hmm. And he sort of got this sort of ninth grade sort of lumbering gait anyway. Uh, so I ask him questions. He gives me that typical teenager, I'm doing fine, Dad. Why are you talking to yeah. me? He talks like good. Keanu Reeves, you know, from Point Break. Oh, wow. Like, I am a ninth grade football player. Um, but, you, you, you know, you sort of have to you sort of have to gauge that individually for your own child. I've, I have found that most parents, moms in particular, they know when something's up with their kid. Yeah. Um, and subtle things. Uh, coaches can pick up on that, too. You know, they'll say when you pick up your kid from sports events, hey, you might want to get this checked out. Or we, we'll ask the trainer, which is another good resource at most schools, uh, to do that. If your school doesn't have a trainer, ask about it because there's a lot of, uh, you know, that's that's a service that uh, is available out there for a lot of schools, even if it's a smaller school. Um, but, you know, knowing your own kid is probably the best first step with doing that. Yeah. And I'm supposing that the, the hardest things to maybe judge are two of the, you know, probably the biggest things to judge. I mean, when you break a bone or you sprain right. a joint, that's an easy thing to, yeah. to identify or something like that. But hydration stuff oh, yeah. and then head injuries that you just mentioned, I'm yeah. sure those are because I guess depending on how bad you want it, you can mask that stuff sure. if you want to, oh, or yeah. at least talk, try to talk your way through those things. So uh, most Friday nights, uh, if we have a game, I'm on the field uh, as sort of the, the you know ad hoc team doctor. Yeah. Uh, and I've checked these kids out. And you're right. If they want to play, they'll say, no, sir, I'm fine, Right. Uh, even if they're not. It's hard to train them to, uh, to listen to their own bodies about that. Most of the time, I'm being called down by a coach that's noticed that. And I will say this, you know, coaches have gotten really good at uh, identifying those kids that are having these symptoms and having a very low threshold to get them checked out. You just, and what we know about uh, concussive injuries, not just long-term, but short-term too, is that you need to address them very quickly. They need to have appropriate care. And uh, the biggest frustration, I think, comes from a little bit from coaches, but more so with families that don't understand how long it can take to get back to uh, not just normal play or full play, but also with with um, with the um, with practice. Yeah, and, and it's not. I made this sound like it's a football thing, but not just oh anything, not yeah. just with the sports, but also cheerleading, gymnastics, oh, yeah. dance, things like that. There's a lot of you know knee, cheerleading, hip, is, ankle stuff. There. Yeah, cheerleading is a big one too. But any sport, uh, golf. I mean, anything where you have repetitive motions over and over again has the potential to uh, cause some problems. Uh, I got hurt playing badminton, you know. <laughs> Who knew? Uh, so it's it's anything that they're involved in. But asking those questions and, you know, sort of setting the tone with your own kids, whether that's a, a parent or whether that's a coach, to say, hey, if you're hurt, we need to know about it because we want to get you better so that you can play. Absolutely. Dr. Jimmy Stewart, the host of Southern Remedy, weekdays at 11 right here on MPB Think Radio. Thanks so much. Thank you, Jay. When we come back, uh, Jay and Dr. Jimmy, I'm going to put a link to the University of Mississippi Medical Center's Saturday Clinic on the website for this show. But when we come back, we uh, from this break, we'll have Chris Brooks from Friday Nights Under the Lights, MPB's own statewide 
high school football score show that starts tomorrow. So for Jay White, I'm producer Liz Gill, and you're listening to MPB's Season Pass on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with producer Liz Gill. I'm Jay White. Thank you so much for listening. With us now on the program, as we mentioned uh, earlier at the start, we talked to Robert Holloway from the MHSAA. It is uh, proper today, the start of high school football season. Uh, got some games tonight, a big slate of games tomorrow. And uh, as we've grown accustomed to before the college season starts, we got some games on Saturday uh, to play in the daytime. But we have Chris Brooks on with us back on the program again uh, to talk to us. Uh, about this year's high school football season, maybe what to expect, what to look for. Uh, and uh, Chris is uh, the foremost high school football guru, as I'm told, in the state of Mississippi. Chris, good morning. How are you? Who told you that, Jay? I heard it on the radio. You doing all right? I'm doing pretty good, man. That was the best introduction I've ever had. Oh, thank you. Thank uh, you. During the break, um, <laughs> I'm the star. I don't know if you knew this. I am the star Friday night under the lights, big boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll accept that that's probably as good as I'm going to get. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Well, you know, we start with some big games this week in week one. And I know it's 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 more than a trend now. It's been a handful of years now where you've seen teams that are near uh, the top of the competition uh, don't like to go easy in their non-conference schedule. And you see a handful of these teams, probably the top 15, 20, 25 programs, really bulk their pre-region schedule with very, very difficult games. You got Oxford and Warren Central, Clinton, South Panola, Brandon, Madison Central, all just a couple of right there here in week one. And that's got to be really exciting for high school fans, specifically when you're seeing teams play each other that don't necessarily run in the same circles a lot. Yeah, the first couple of weeks are great. And then you're, you're almost treated to games. It's not that they don't matter because they do, but especially for a high school level, the only thing that really matters are their region and their district games. So in, in truth, these only matter to prepare them for later in the year. But for fans, I mean, this is great because we get all these crossover games. And you're exactly right. A lot of these coaches, I mean, they use this time to challenge their kids, to, you know, see what they have and we end up with these great matchups and we have them around the state we have them in the metro jackson area this weekend uh, we have a 
a really good slate of opening games, and it's going to be like this for a few weeks. But I'm just glad to finally be back out there. I have certainly missed this time of year. Absolutely. Uh, speaking with Chris Brooks, uh, host of the Gridiron on uh, Jackson's ESPN Radio affiliate 105.9, and uh, the uh, editor, curator of MississippiGridiron.com. So um, I, here's, I guess, kind of a 30,000-foot view question. Is there a single player this year that, that headlines the class of Mississippi High School football players uh, like maybe you had uh, two years ago? Uh, or is it a more spread out and talented group with maybe not the one guy who's head and shoulders above everybody else? It's without a doubt spread out. I mean, there's not one guy this year. Not that we don't have really good players this year. It's just that we have so many of them this year. Yeah. Um, you know, whether you know, I could throw out names that people that follow recruiting would know, whether it's the linebacker out of Horn Lake, Nicobe Dean technically is the highest ranked player that we have in Mississippi. But right behind him, you have Jerry on Ely from Prep, and Nathan Pickering. You have uh, from down Seminary. You have um, you know, DeWan Black from Forest. You have Jaron Handy that just went to Hattiesburg to play this year. We have a ton of these kids. So it's, it's not a case where there's one that's just separated themselves. It's very similar to that class three years ago, Jay, that ended up you couldn't have picked up one kid from Jeffrey Simmons, A.J. Brown, Raekwon Davis, you know, D.K. Metcalf. Uh, who else yeah. was in there? Benito Jones. I mean, it, there wasn't one kid. It, there was a there were a bunch of them, and it's like that this year. So, Jerry on Ely, um, I know you're going to get this question a million times, and probably I've already gotten it. So, if not, maybe I could be first. But how? I mean, how? I don't know. How do you quantify uh, or qualify, I should say, how good this guy is? Because, I mean, I know Jack's a prep, and this is no offense to um, the, the level of competition in the MAIS, but they are they are leaps and bounds better than so many of the teams that they play. And, I mean, he had ridiculous stats last year, and he's not playing the second half of most of those games. So it's it's hard maybe, I don't know, looking at film or just looking at his stats to, to qualify where this guy can fit in. You know, if he was playing at a like a six A school or a, or a five A school, something like that. But just how good is he? I, I hesitate to heap this kind of praise on him because you know how people are whenever you try to compare somebody to somebody else that's already established. But I'm watching him play baseball last year, Jay, and I've never seen him in in baseball gear. And these kids that are physically fit like this kid is, it stands out more when you take the pads off of them. I mean, it looks like a Bo Jackson, like you would imagine him when he was 16 years old. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's built like that. And he swings up – as a baseball player, he's off the charts too. Well, I was going to say, I mean, people are going to watch him play football this year. And I think he's – technically, he's an Ole Miss commit. Uh, and people are going to be like, oh, man, could we please have him play football? But he's going to get drafted in the first round of the Major League Draft, and he's going to play baseball. It's not just first round either. Like, he could be high. Like, he could be really high. Yeah. He went to this – showcase kind of tournament this this weekend i think or last week against the best players in the country they these games were on espn and out of all those players there the best of the best of the best that kid came home with an award for fastest player and the best five tool player wow so i mean he is he's unbelievably talented but on a football field you're right it is difficult and it isn't a shot of jackson prep in any way it's a, it's a compliment i mean they are better than the teams they're playing and it is a little bit lower level of competition, um, but it's it's also a case where he's playing against a little bit lower, which not prep individually. Prep can beat a lot of teams in the state, a lot of them. 
but they're playing teams that, that are lower, and he's on a team where he is surrounded by better players. So, I mean, it's not enough that you have this fantastic football player, but you give him room to run. I mean, you can't, you can't tackle him. The games I've gone to and to see kids try to bottle him up, they just can't do it. I mean, you give him a little bit of daylight and he's, he's gone. I mean, he's not just fast. He's 5'10"-ish. He's pushing 200 pounds. And I would guess 4'4", four, four something. I mean, he he's that kind of athlete. But especially in, in that system at prep, surrounded by those players, uh, he's just he's almost unstoppable. All right. Who is a guy that um, is going to put up some PlayStation-like numbers this year that maybe isn't a senior or maybe isn't a guy that, that's, you know, drowning in, in stars and high recruiting rankings? Well, I would say – well, i tell you what, I'll give you a couple of good ones. Uh, the quarterback out of North Panola, mm-hmm. he's committed to Arkansas right now, but he's not a huge prospect. He's borderline four-star guy. So he's moving into that kind of category. That kid's going to have just – he's going to have an enormous year. Um, if you look at – tell you what, you look at quarterbacks, uh, the quarterback at Oak Grove last year had a really big year. You're going to see that again. You're going to see the quarterback at Brandon, who's just a junior. I think he'll have a big year. Uh, he, right here in the metro area, the quarterback last year at Clinton had a really big year throwing the football. He'll have a big year. But there, there's a bunch of those guys. You know, on the ground, there's a running back at Callaway named Kenneth Thompson. There's a chance he could go for a couple of thousand yards and put together that kind of year. And, and he's not just a, a major recruit right now. So it's just one of those years where we have a ton of kids, Jay. Those names I threw out there at you. Like if I look, I'm looking at some rankings now and kids that typically would not have big offers. All right, Charles Cross, big, he's a big offensive lineman out of Laurel. Okay, he's the 21st or 25th ranked player in Mississippi. Excuse me, 25th, Jay. All right, he's committed to Florida State. Wow. It's just it's one of those years. That look, the kid after him that's 26 that's committed to Tennessee. So we just it's one of those years we just have a, an unbelievable amount of talent. Yeah, I'm I'm on uh, uh, 24/7 Sports right now, now just like you mentioned, uh, looking at this list of the top 30, 31 players, and man, they've all got uh, power conference uh, scholarship commitments, uh, and the couple uh, that don't are like uh, Memphis, you know, which is uh, just outside that that grade right there. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you know about Ty Keys at Taylorsville. Now, this is a guy. I mean, he put up talk about PlayStation numbers. He threw for four thousand plus yards yeah. last year as a freshman. I mean, that's insane yeah. to have number one to have the mental capacity to stand in there with all of those guys around him um, that are you know physically at least older anyway and and then to 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 know that to be able to you know grasp the playbook and and have you know a, a grasp of their offense to to do what he did last year as a freshman now, i know that that name is uh, nothing new for taylorsville but tell me a little bit about what you've heard and what coaches and players have said about him well you probably saw him in the state championship game last year and He's 6'1"-ish. He was last year, I'm guessing, it, as long as he keeps growing. You, you hope that kid ends up being 6'3", 6'2", something like that, a couple hundred pounds. But even as a freshman, he was 6'1", maybe 180, something along those lines. But you mentioned his, his 4,000 yards. 
it's unbelievable a kid could look like that as a ninth grader in high school. I mean, he's a ninth grader. And he's not just a solid, big-arm guy. I mean, this is a kid that runs around yeah, I mean, and runs over people. He did it a couple times in the state championship game. So he's, a, <laughs> he's physically mature for his age. Um, he had a ton of really good players around him last year, so that that's a fact. The scary thing for two A teams this year is they bring most of those kids back. Oh wow! I think he I think he brought back three of his top four receivers. Uh, he's back. Offensive line has three starters back. Their defense brought back I think maybe seven of the top nine, something like that. So that kid is going to be good for a long time. He's one of those Jay where we kind of we laugh about this whenever we see Alabama or State or Ole Miss or these big schools, you know, talking and offering kids in the eighth and ninth grade. Yeah. But it happens, and he's that kind of kid. He's already getting those phone calls. Yeah, I have 4,500 and 62 passing yards last year, 45 touchdowns against only eight interceptions, also 45. ran. <laughs> 45 to eight as a freshman. Uh, 543 yards running and eight touchdowns also. So, uh, yeah, that's a pretty good season. I mean, I don't even know. I mean, he could have an insane year this year and not match those numbers, and people would be like, oh, what, what happened to him? <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, if you will, um, you know, maybe the top two or three teams in the state, is it – do we have a – like I said with the players, or like I asked with the players, is there a clear-cut top team? Or, you know, is it um, – you know, is it, a, is it a handful of teams at the top that are all kind of neck and neck? Uh, that's complicated. You know, I've gotten that question the first two or three weeks here doing some interviews, and I've been really quick to point out that Starkville brings back most everyone from their team last year. They got in a state championship game. They couldn't beat Pearl, but they bring everybody back. Yeah. They graduated very few players. You know, and, in, and in key positions, you know, running backs, quarterbacks, receivers, you know, defensive ends and tackles. I mean, they brought those kids back. One of the best linebackers in the state. They're going to be really good. And I've been quick to say, well, if anybody is far and away better than everybody, oh, it's Starkville. And then truthfully, Jay, you know how sports talk people are. You know, we act like we know something even when we don't. And, oh, sure. Uh, and I'm very affirmative. Like, is there a team? It's like, oh, yeah, Starkville. It's got to be Starkville. And then they go out there in their jamboree and they lost to Louisville. Uh, now I know a little bit more. <laughs> I know a little bit more about that. For one, Lewisville is really, really good. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. But also, Starkville didn't play everybody. You know, it's a jamboree. You don't want to get kids hurt. Uh, actually, I heard they didn't play many starters. But still, you see that come across Twitter, and it's like, great. Yeah, that's the team that's better than everybody. So, no, I don't know if there is a team that's just hands down the best team on paper. It's still them. Uh, but there are plenty of teams that can beat them. You know, the one thing that I've witnessed in this state, and we've talked about this several times on the air, and I'm really happy about this as a high school football fan, is how the talent has kind of shifted gears around Mississippi, and it's spread out more. Yeah. And there are more teams now competing that have a legitimate chance at a title than I can ever remember. So we had a bunch of years there where – you and I know that South Panola was going to win it. And everybody else, it was, I mean, it was, there was, I don't know what the odds were since we're doing the sports betting in this state now, but obviously not high schools. But, you know, <laughs> don't give them any ideas. Not, yeah. I mean, look, if, if there's money involved, people will do just about anything these days. But you know, we knew 90% chance South Panola was going to win the thing. And this this time of year, it's just not the case anymore. You have a Starkville, and you know Tupelo is going to be pretty good. Brandon's going to be really good. Northwest Rankin's going to be good. Madison Central lost some kids, but they always just replace kids, and you barely notice a difference. I mean, they're going to have a chance. 
Uh, there are probably six, seven, eight teams. And look, Pearl last year, when they won it, they weren't one of the top teams coming into the season in terms of rankings and those kind of things. And then they go 16-0 and and they win the thing. So this is we're in a really good place for high school football right now where a lot of teams are competing for a championship, and I think that's a great thing. Yeah, it is. It's fun because, as you mentioned, um, you know, for a long time, it was, you know, one, two, three schools at the very top. Uh, and then, you know, you had Clinton win it a couple of years ago and they lost their, you know, their all-world tailback there. And they kind of went, they shuffled back into the pack. Then, you know, this past year, Pearl wins and they graduate almost everybody. And so that kind of shuffles them back into the pack. Uh, and, and somebody else, you would assume, kind of takes uh, takes the lead on the dance floor this year. So let me ask you, before we let you go, um, I'm, I'm seeing a whole bunch, and you mentioned a player that they have that's near the top or at the top of the list this year. They came out of nowhere last year, had upset in the first round of the playoffs. Horn Lake uh, up in DeSoto County came out of nowhere, and I'm seeing a lot about they're they're expecting big things for them this year, which is a brand-new face in North 6A. And then on the flip side of that, can uh, I I know Poplarville has been very good in South 4A. Picayune, very good in South 5A. Can South 6A down on the coast, can somebody come out of that region this year and reestablish that region as 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 a threat. Oh, can somebody come out of the, the region for 6A yeah. on the coast? No. No. Um, and I I had the same question yesterday. I, it's going to be hard for me to say to have somebody that can come out of there until somebody comes out of it. Because it's it's been a really long time since they've competed. And look, there's good reason for this. You know, with the hurricane that came through here and you know, just people moving around, that sort of thing, they've lost some talent down there. Now, the 5A schools have been really good. You know, Picayune's one of the best 5A teams in the state. Yeah. And, you know, Pascagoula has had some really good runs down there with Lewis Sims. So they have good good teams, and they have great coaches. I think the coaches down there on the coast are, are first class. Um, but it's just taking some time. It's been a long time, Jay, since they've had a team come through here that made a run through it. I don't know if there is one this year. I, I don't know. But Gulfport has been pretty good. I think they'll be good again. I don't think they're going to be as good as these teams that we're talking about in regions one through three. You know, I would love to see it. It'd be great for the coast if they had a big 6A school that made a run, and especially this year because the state championship game is going to be at Southern Miss. Uh, It would be a really good thing for high school football here to have one of them make a run, get to the title game, because then when we're going into the season, it kind of opens things up even more for guys like you and I that are doing the prognostication thing yeah. and who can win one. It'd be great to see one of them do something like Pearl did. I just I don't know if we're there yet. Chris, man, thank you so much as always. Uh, great stuff. Looking forward to it. Um, let folks know where they can get all of the content that you're providing. We do the website. Okay, with Mississippi Gridiron, and you already told people that I do the radio show. Something new that I am doing this year, I am doing more local coverage in the Metro Jackson area. We will have a magazine that comes out. It's called Capital Preps. Um, our website actually will become Capital Preps, uh, capitalpreps.net, and we'll run our Mississippi Gridiron content through there and still cover the state. But we're, we will uh, we'll have our football magazine out digitally tomorrow. I'll have the copies out early next week. But then we're going to do a basketball, football thing in December, and then we're going to do a baseball preview in March. I'm really looking forward to doing some more coverage of 
we have 36, I think, high schools right here in the metro area. And if you include, you know, close counties, you know, Warren and West Simpson and Capaya, you know, 45 to 50. Um, so I'm going to be spending a little more time covering those guys. But I'm still the same on Twitter, MS Gridiron, doing a radio show every day from 12 to 2 on ESPN. All right, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, take care, Jay. I'll talk to you soon, bud. All right, thanks a lot. Chris Brooks on the show again. Another um, show's been on the air, I don't know, five, six, 37 years, something like that. And um, we've gotten a, a high school football preview from Chris very nearly every year, if not every single year. And it's just, uh, it is fun talking high school football with that dude because he knows his stuff. Very honest, too. You know, ask him if there's going to be a team that, and I ask this question every year, and I don't know why that situation is like it is. Uh, you know, like you said, Poplarville is, I mean, they're at the top in 4A. He mentioned Picayune at the top. In 5A, but for some reason, the 6A Coast Schools, which is most of them, just for some reason, they it, they have not been able to come back for some reason or another. We'll take a break here. Thanks again to Chris Brooks. We'll tell you some stuff going on this weekend in the world of sports and activities. We'll be back. This is MPB Season Pass. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. It's MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with producer Liz Gill. I'm Jay White. Before we get into the events happening this weekend, uh, congratulations to Jackson native Charles McClellan, who was named the brand new commissioner of the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Now, that's a Division I NCAA league that um, includes in its membership Jackson State, Alcorn State, and Mississippi Valley State, among others. It's one of the two Division I uh, HBCU leagues, historically black colleges and universities. And McClellan spent the last 10 years as the uh, um, the vice president of intercollegiate athletics. It's a fancy way to say athletic director at Texas Southern, which is one of the uh, other not Mississippi schools in the SWAC. Uh, and uh, he's a Callaway uh, high school grad in uh, the city of Jackson. Before that, he was the athletic director at Prairie View. And uh, he was replaced at Prairie View by Ashley Robinson, who's another Jackson native uh, who was just brought back to JSU to be the new athletic director uh, here in Mississippi. So it's about time we got all those Jackson kids out of Texas doing the business over there and uh, at least, you know, get one back home but put one in the league office. So maybe we could turn the league a little bit back to our favor. Uh, He replaces, um, uh, well, he he assumes the position um, of Dewar Sharp, who was, uh, quite frankly, terrible in his tenure as the SWAT commissioner. In your opinion, (laughs) or as Uh, a fact? (laughs) Both. Uh, He was pretty, he was... Well, anyway, so congratulations. A Jackson native is uh, now the commissioner of the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Very, very cool. And uh, Ashley Robinson called it a home run hire, which I can only assume is a good thing. Yes. Unless you're a pitcher. And it's terrible. All right. So um, there is a cornhole for a cure tournament going on. It's Saturday, 3 p.m. at Reunion Beach in Madison. I didn't even put on the list that there is a 
pre-tournament concert. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> uh, folks in reunion, man, I'm telling you. Uh, there's a, it's a 64-team double elimination cornhole tournament, and it's a fundraiser benefiting people with cystic fibrosis through the Steps for Shep Foundation. The organization works to fund research for a cure and raise awareness in addition to assisting patients dealing with the disease. That's uh, Cornhole for a Cure, and it's Saturday, August 18th, uh, 3 p.m. at Reunion Beach in Madison. Yes, there is a beach in Madison County. How about that? Um, and that's a, 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 that's a, a great cause that's going to be a great event, and even if you don't even play or like cornhole, it would be a, a good way to go out and have fun, and you can still contribute to the cause and feel good about doing that. That's right. And probably watch some people take cornhole too seriously at some I, point or another. Well, and I, I think uh, <laughs> people who are interested in sports are, are, are very generous. There are so many sporting events that are for uh, fundraisers for causes, and uh, I think uh, people of athletic persuasions are very generous. Absolutely. Uh, they are indeed. The 2018 SWAC kickoff party is Saturday, 7 p.m. at the Walter Payton Center at Jackson State University. The Blue Bengal Athletic Association uh, hosts the annual event in support of SWAC football programs. Henry Rhodes and the Mo Money Band will perform there. It includes food, drinks, dancing, and more. Uh, in the same vein, the Choctaw Fan Fair is going on Saturday, 5 p.m. at Mississippi College in Clinton. That event features coaches, players, and administrators from Mississippi College. Participants can enjoy photo ops. A question and answer portions and more in anticipation of the upcoming football season. And as Liz has told me, the, uh, next weekend there's at least a half dozen charity 5K races just in the Jackson metro area uh, and probably all over the state. Seems like next weekend is maybe when folks hoped or planned that maybe the weather would turn a little bit. <laughs> so I don't know. Ho hopefully it will. It seems like decent planning. My phone tells me it's 81 degrees outside. Side. Am I to believe that? I, I don't Maybe know. Maybe 181 degrees right. outside. But um, so we, we will have this stuff on um, the, our, our webpage, as Liz does a great job every week, mpbonline.org. You find the season, pay, uh, season pass page on our programs area. And, um, and we'll tell you about a bunch of these 5Ks next week. But if you haven't planned on something like that, maybe you were looking for something. Um, tune in next week and we'll have some of those we'll mention some of those for you and we'll put it on our website so uh yeah uh good stuff today and Fanuddle's tomorrow night Fanuddle, thank you for mentioning that so i didn't forget it friday night under the lights with russ robinson jake wimberly and the gang that will premiere tomorrow night 10 p.m first full week of high school football is here the games will start tonight um, here in a couple hours, I'll be on the road to Batesville. And we didn't get to mention $100 for working a football game. <laughs> that's right. That's <laughs> what they said, being a referee. Uh, yeah, the Clinton broadcast crew will be on its way to Batesville. An economic impact of dozens of dollars will be felt. Thanks so much to Liz and our guests today. Stay tuned. Southern Remedy Kids and Teens is next. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.